0: We still do 7 NUFC Matters show a week for free. But if you want to help support NUFC Matters, then there are a few ways of doing it. Hit the like button on each live broadcasting video. This helps the channel grow. Hit the subscribe button and select the all notifications bell so you don't miss a single show. If you want to help us financially, then you can join the channel using this button with the membership starting at $1.99 a month. or you can drop us a donation in the chat using a super sticker. We're also looking for sponsors. If you'd like your brand advertised on the flies for the show and featured during the ad break, then email John at nufcmatters.com to arrange today. <laughs>
1: It's the only way you're ever gonna let you look back, and it's all in the past. I'm dwelling on the thoughts I cannot see to you. If I don't say the words that
0: make Good evening, welcome to NUFC Manas with me, Steve Raith. It is the Professionals with Stu and Mitch. Good evening, lads.
2: Evening, evening Steve. Steve.
0: Good to see you and uh, as always uh, we uh, have uh, an hour to discuss Newcastle United or football related stuff and uh, the the floor is yours, anybody wants to ask us a question, uh, ping them in and we will get to them and uh, Chip has got in early uh, tonight, he said it's not a footy related question, he says but why in a meat selection bag of crisps is cheese and onion in there? Uh, any, Any ideas lads? I mean that's a pretty serious question
2: It's a valid point as well Exceptionally ah.
0: valid. <laughs> I've got to ask you, Chip, as you'll be in the chat, what kind of crisps were there? Was it walkers? What, what, how, how has this happened? Uh, we're, we're, I'm sure we'll come back to that at some point. Um, yeah, but as I say, I hour to talk about Newcastle United stuff and football. And, and as, as often happens, we, we end up with a big debate on Friday. So I, I usually give Stuart a chance to chip in um, with, with his thoughts on uh, Everton. Mm. And this uh, this points deduction, uh, the Daily Mail has now put out a story suggesting that um, you know if the clubs who are looking to potentially take legal action uh, for you know their their relegation and um, you know falling into the Championship, the likes of Leicester for example potentially leads um, it could it could see Everton and hypothetically it could see Everton go bust. Um, having to pay out all of this compensation money If it was to come true And there would be obviously deducted more points But I mean overall What, what was your first reaction when you saw this Stu this, this Everton situation develop Well before you
1: start Mitch Can you show you can Because yeah. this is been sponsored by Iron Brew So there we go <laughs> That's because Scotland are playing tonight they And are. it will be 3-1 Right well to answer the question Regarding Everton uh as i've just mentioned before the show i've been extremely busy this week but of course news like that uh, makes you stop and start checking things out and on the drive back home on friday i listened to uh, half the me goes other the half the next morning was walking and if anyone was driving past me when i was walking the next morning they would have thought there was something wrong with us because when mitch was explaining what he was saying i was just like yep 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 nodding away um that they've been charged with absolutely what will stick. Uh, the rest to me is open to conjecture. So things such as like the lower sales value on players, these are the reasons through excuses they've given out. Uh, the league position because of the money they've lost. Uh, my personal favorite is because of what happened to Player X, formerly known as Player Twitter. But uh, Player X was, uh, the, without mention, mentioning his name, uh, an Icelandic international who got involved with something he shouldn't have off, off-field. So what they're saying is they've spent money on that and they didn't get the return on their investment. Which, considering what's happened to, to, to Nali, if they got away with that, then that would give us another £50 million to spend from a Newcastle point of view um but if they dig deeper you have to be careful what you wish for that's what i thought with Everton. they'll take the 10 points and they are now two points from safety and i know i made chance steve and george said on friday that there's never been a better season for it but even before the season started if anyone does betting then you can do like handicap betting on where you finish but for those who don't gamble i'll explain if you start the season minus two points to teams like Luton, Sheffield United, and Burnley, with 26 games to go, and you don't stay up, then you don't believe the 10 points. And I think that's the position Everett and in. So they'll make some noises, in my opinion. They'll do the famous injustice, bang, bang, bang. But ultimately, they'll quite happily accept the 10 points, knowing... That one win takes them out of it and then they've got, what, 25 games left then to to make sure they get more than the three teams that I mentioned or any other team above them. So had it been last season, they would have been relegated, had it been the season before, and it's been quite surprising to me when you have, like, five or six teams mentioning that they're going to try and sue them or get compensation. But it's been a long time since I was at school, Steve. But if Everton finished fourth bottom for those two seasons, and the 10 points were taken off, they would only then finish third bottom. Only one team would have superseded them. you know, So even if the team that was second bottom finished above Everton, they'd still be in the bottom three. So there could only be two teams, less there being one last season. I can't recall who it was the season before. Uh, but there could only be two teams that have got a claim for compensation. And they now have 30 days, I as I understand it, to put their claim. to put put their case in. And I'm sure if they did, and I'm sure they will, they'll get something. But the biggest question is, if you want to rattle the tin a bit further, is does the Premier League have the balls that the Italian FA had when they demoted Juventus? And they didn't just dock them points, they demoted them out of the leagues. And when we're looking at the bigger picture of Chelsea and Manchester City, and to me, I think the simple answer to that is no. Because the body that's swashing round the Premier League at the moment, if that happens to either of them or both of them, then they'll just say, "Right, we'll join the Super League thing," and the Premier League, which is relying on the money, will buckle down, uh, bend bend over, and say, "Okay, what's acceptable to you?" And there'll be a lot of things behind the scene. Unfortunately, the losers are the are the true fans, and as much as we have a newfound rivalry with evan they've got a lot of true fans there and the biggest winners are nick de and it seems like blackstone chambers are going to be getting lots of money over the next few months from other clubs paying them and everton paying them and the fa paying them and that's the sad thing of football it just shows you that money's the winner and unfortunately they i've had a saying for a long time greed spoils everything you know, some people should be happy with what they've got, but then they get greedier and greedier. And ultimately, since Sky brought in this Premier League in 92, 93, the bubbles just got bigger. And with every season, or now on every season, we said this bubble's going to burst. And it hasn't yet. But to me, this is as close as it's going to get, especially when you start tinkering with the, the big six. So for heaven, I think they will take it on the chin. They'll make some noises. But they'll accept it because if they push further, they could get lower down. And they're in a position now when you've got two, well, they've got a takeover on the horizon. Would they then buy it if they're going to get docked more points or if there's going to be, you're buying a club with fines? So I think there'll be a lot of noise and it will eventually just go away. They'll accept the 10 points and we'll move on to the next stage. Good thing is, Newcastle United play it safe and they've done it by the book ever since we've been taking over on October the 20th, sorry, October the 7th,
0: 2021. Mitch, thoughts? I mean, obviously you've uh, you, know, you had a, a say on Friday about this, but there is more mm. developments. Obviously, the Daily Mail story makes it rest in reading, although it is hypothetical at the moment.
2: It's, I think this has still got legs. I think we're just seeing the end of the beginning. I don't think we're seeing any end point at all. Um, at a Browse over the the judgment while I was keeping one eye on the England game on Friday night, um, and some things jump out of that very clearly. the The, <laughs> the interesting the one that made me laugh was the, the Independent Commission rejected the Premier League structure, which said we've got a framework which says it's six points plus one million for one point for every five million over the. The, the threshold, and that would have come to a 10 point deduction. And the independent commission said they rejected that structure and still came up with a 10 point deduction, which was quite unusual. Um, but I mean, it was quite clear in the report that they found that Everton uh, were difficult, that they obfuscated, they uh, weren't always clear and weren't always honest. Um, we, I, I still want to know what happened between the Premier League working with Everton to suddenly this referral to the Commission. The, the, the inference from some sources seems to be that the Premier League gave them very generous covert losses. They allowed them to factor in certain player losses, but wanted them to remove some things. And then when they resubmitted everything, they didn't remove what the Premier League had asked them to remove. And that was it. That was why it went to the Independent Commission. Um, you've got to look at how Everton have gone about things. They've spent hundreds of millions to get worse. Yeah. Really. They've, they've done everything that we've done right, they managed to do wrong. And I think it's worth pointing out that that's not the fans' fault, that's the owners' fault. The complex relationship Mishori and uh, Usmanov have, business-wise, is another thing that if I was them, I wouldn't want to be pushing pushing someone to take this further. Or dig further into the books because I think it will get worse. And with regards to the clubs that have lined up for the 300 million compensation case.
1: It can only be two.
2: There can only be two. It,
1: hmm? there can only be two. What? If had finished second bottom, two
2: teams wouldn't have stayed up. One well, team would... Either way they're, they're entitled to do it. If you read the actual rules, the, the actual outline of that judgment, Any team, any team who feels they have suffered a sporting disadvantage to Everton now has a 28 day window to inform the commission that they wish to press for compensation. These books cover uh, three years, effectively four seasons. Um, And in that time, 18 different teams have finished below Everton in the Premier League um, over those seasons and technically, if you work out that it's two million for a place or thereabouts in the Premier League, Hmm. all of those teams technically would have a case for being, um, sport, a sporting disadvantage.
1: Um, Yeah.
2: And yeah. And and all they have to do is inform the commission that they wish to join. Now, whether some clubs feel it's worth it because God knows what the legal fees would be. (laughs) Um, and and also they have to prove a sporting disadvantage, and I don't think it just means well we finish below them in the table. Um, I think that I think it's got to be a little bit more complicated than that, surely. But that's the that's the the things that jumped out of it to me was that this almost the compensation side of things could could end up finishing Everton Football Club as we know it, which again the people that suffer out of that. Other supporters, and I know we've, we've had issues with the Scouse Mike, and on and off over the last couple of years, but nobody who supports the football team has any part in financial irregularities and what the owners are up to. And again, it's the it's it's um, it puts that takeover in peril, which it's already in peril anyway, given the doubts over 777 partners and what and who they are, etc. Um, it's it, it, it's interesting, and I think the other thing is looking forward to Man City and Chelsea if they will look at uh, even if you had the um, the pre- supposed the, the the suggested Premier League structure is six points plus one million for every f- one point for every five million over. If you've got a hundred million over FFP, I think you've got a twenty-six point deduction, and I think th- these are the things which. Um, Chelsea and Man City must be looking at with one eye thinking uh, yeah you know so it, 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 it's 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 it I think this has still got quite a lot of legs left in it really
0: it's just a beginning uh,
2: yeah, yeah I think so i course. tell you what
1: Mitch you've just
2: lately me there because I as you know I've
1: been working long hours so I'm I not like take a look through it properly but the I just focused on the teams I got relegated. Hence, the, I started with only one team could have a problem. But let's say in those three seasons, Newcastle got beat of Everton. But had we got those three points because they hadn't overspent, we could have been two or three places higher, which is six million pounds. So in in essence, it'd it give probably 20 plus teams over three you're, seasons.
2: You're, you're going down every route. My mind went down on Friday night. Once it had switched off to the England game in the second half. I'm thinking, God, how many possible, how many possible ways can can people have a go at this? Because it's such a simple, yeah. small clause, and it's very open ended to me, to the point where I wonder: does any team who's been knocked out in the cup have a, have a stab at that as well? You know, um, it, it, I guess it would depend on your the interpretation, but it's such a, it's it, it it's not a very Um, sort of detailed point, it just reads quite open that teams who feel that they've been at a sporting disadvantage could sue for compensation, boom, that's it
0: Do you think think Jodie Tuba Life says 19.5 million is over the top and getting 10 points is way over the top punishment wise 4 or 5 is fair enough but 10, how would we feel with that punishment it's bloody harsh Says Jordy Tumba, one of our regulars. Stu, is uh, it harsh? Is it uh, harsh? <clears throat> I mean, for one for one misdemeanor, when Man City have kicked 115 de- de- misdemeanors down the road, I mean, you can only do it for so long. We've known we've known what Man City were doing. They're playing the legal game, but it's going to catch up with them at some point. You would imagine the punishment's going to be far harsher a Man City. Yeah, uh, Stu.
1: Yeah, but this is where we start looking at it. Everton have been proven guilty. Man City haven't, so I'm not defending Man City. They've been accused of it but they haven't been proven guilty as yet. Um, but as you but as you know, that I, I work in sales, and the two things I, I work on is fear of loss and hope to gain. And that's why I think Everton will just uh, eventually accept this 10 points, because the fear of losing more by contesting it, it as Mitch mentioned on Friday, it could open a card of worms they really didn't want to open. You know, and it could end up being a lot more than that. Um, my as I, as I mentioned before, my biggest concern is if Everton did contest it and they got hit again, then it really backs the Premier League in the corner. But do Everton really want to get more than 10 points or take the risk of more than 10 points? I don't think so. Because they, they hope to gain. What can they hope to gain? What well, They might get it reduced because they're going to get deducted points regardless. So let's just say that 10 points gets reduced to six. They'll probably have to spend about four million, probably a, a million pound per point in legal fees, to get it reduced. And as I said at the start of the first question, was if they can't finish two points above with twenty six games to go, uh, above Luton, Sheffield United, and who, who's the other one that's down there? The other team that got promoted. If you can't, if they can't, if they can't finish above them, with twenty six, they deserve to go down anyway. Um, But there's things in life. You can be morally right, you can be legally right, you can be professionally right. So the fans are morally right, saying it's not their fault. So if you jump from Everton to Manchester City and Chelsea, it's not their fault that their owners have spent all that money. But they haven't half rubbed it in people's faces about how successful they've been. And if Everton get a claim, then you get the knock on effect. If Chelsea or when Chelsea get charged, if Manchester City get charged with anything, um then you have what happens did they just rewrite the last 10 years of who won the league who, who yeah. should have gotten group what happens then and that's the end of the premier league as we know it and this is why i said earlier you've got to be careful what you wish for steve because if all that blows up the clubs will still go where the money is i included they'll still go where the money is and if the money's not in the premier league anymore because it's been tarnished with the brush that's corruption and this new Super League comes in, then for sure our owners will want to be part of it and they'll make sure they're part of it because they haven't bought us, to be nice as we have repeated often enough, they've bought us to make money uh, and and to boost their own image. So they want to sit at the top table. So the Premier League, I think, passed the book by giving it to an independent commission but by wording it, this is why we want to charge and this is what it should be charging with. It wasn't us that charged you. Hands up, it wasn't us that charged you. But they will make sure that that 10 points will stick. And in fear of repeating myself, Everton really should just accept the 10 points and then watch what happens with the other ones. And there's another team that hasn't been mentioned that possibly should be mentioned. It's not Nottingham Forest. How much have they spent over the last two years? Don't tell me they've they've generated that much in revenue uh, to what they've spent. So there's there's so many, and I think it got to the situation, especially during COVID and post-COVID, the year the year or two after, where many thought, well, it doesn't matter what we do, no one's getting charged, and the laughable situation with Man City stretching over eight to ten years, right? We'll take the risk, and now and now the president has been set with Everton, and I said, uh, Mitch knows? I've got some good friends who are Everton fans, and I mean like proper fans as well, They through thick and thin and thinner and thinner, they they will always support Everton, but I've spoke to them briefly over the last few days and they said, you know what it is, we'll take these 10 points, but they'll be wanting to sue the authorities if the charges are lesser for the teams that are deemed to be bigger, which is quite obviously aimed at Manchester City and Chelsea currently. But there's other teams that have spent a lot more uh, than what they've earned as well over the last few years, and that's you can bring Manchester United into that as well.
0: Yeah, lots of interesting uh, stuff to come from this, I think, and uh, certainly I think it'll be the uh, uh, a few times we'll be discussing it on the show. Neil, uh, good evening. Says Mitch, shall we throw the anti-competitive suit in as well for colluding with the cartel to stop the takeover? <laughs> Could you? Uh, lad,
2: it do? This is always the problem with. Um, so when sport and regulators in sport seem to be um, slow to act or unwilling to act, um, the minute lawyers get involved, it starts to get complicated, and that will always be the way. Um, where this goes, we, we can't know if 10 points for this, this failure is a, is a fair amount because we've not heard anything else yet but what they do have is a benchmark present yeah and and therefore you would expect anything that's going to go against man city um and anything that will go against chelsea should be proportionately worse um and if it isn't they'll be hell on i'm quite sure from certain teams because you know they, they, they've, they've come up with this formula that the commission rejected but then Come up with the same amount of punishment at the end of the day, um, which I find I do find that interesting. Um, but we don't know whether, because there's nothing else to compare it to, we don't know where that sits. I think the other thing I would suggest is it's at the higher end because of Everton's ownership's behaviour. They're specifically saying that judgment that they were difficult and they were awkward and they weren't honest. And I think at the end of the day, that matters when it comes to, I'm sure my dad would probably give you a a legal angle on that from his time on the bench about, well, if somebody comes to you and they're not particularly honest about what they've been up to you're more likely to give them a higher sentence than you are, if not, if they've come clean. And so um, I I think until we see something else brought to court finally, and the biggest difference is, is this is such a vanilla case. It's not a complicated case. They've, they've cooked the books and gone over the, gone over the limit. Simple. Both the Chelsea and the Man City cases, for different reasons, have a hell of a lot more complicated moving parts in it all. And so legally, it's a much thicker mire to wade through Than a straightforward case of Cooking the books
0: Yes uh, One that's going to run and run Lots of comments coming in Uh, Michael uh, good evening He says what about Saudi Aramco Going to be the biggest FIFA sponsor He says who owns Aramco Oh that'll be PIF (laughs) Um, And talk of football good evening Says to be honest Premier League so far Has shown themselves as being gutless and toothless um which i don't think you'll get many arguments uh, from us good evening sam he says is it not backdoor payment against chelsea or does that come under financial fair play there's, there's different
1: things there's so many things that they can get accused of but for me this 10 points is very very cozy because i don't even think the most staunchest of everton fans would expect them to get in europe this season and so taking 10 points off them is not going to stop them getting into europe but the way the league's positioned and it just so happens Evan are on a very good run where they have picked up several points over the last few games right we'll knock you back ten you're not bottom of the league and you're only two points off them it seems to be like it's it's a one size fits all isn't it i know he used to play for us fits all but it's, it's one size fits all that uh, there's everyone's a winner look we've looked like we've punished you you've accepted the punishment where the big bad people or that we won't take any rubbish from other people. The rest of them, best beware. And it's for me, it, it is. It's it's too cosy. But re- regarding the the PAF and the was it FIFA, PAF through Saudi or through Aramco? Aramco is the I think it's the biggest company in the world or the richest company in the world, the oil company Aramco. Which is owned by the PIF. There isn't the outrage that you get for the boat racing or for the boxing or even now for FIFA, but they sponsored that wee club in the Northeast and all of a sudden, I know Mitch said it again, I feel like he's parrot this week, but uh, where's the Amnesty International outrage? Where's the letters from widows or, who actually weren't widows because they weren't married? but where where does all this where's all come out with is only because it's all done for me by by the press because it it affects them and if i want to dig deeper it means that if newcastle become the powerhouse that they will become people have to move homes they have to move from the northwest to cover newcastle united they have to move from london if they want to be the chief sports editor they have to be where the news is where the biggest team is and that's why there's two hubs now for the uk press that's london and the northwest we're coming, and they know we're coming, so they'll do everything they can to slow it down, everything they can to disturb it, everything they can to portray it in a bad light. But they've been exemplary in their behaviour since they've come into Newcastle. And one phrase that we've said so many times on this show, Steve, and all your other shows is, they'll they'll do it the right way. They'll come in through the front door. They won't... Believe me, they could play dirty. Believe me, they'll get what they want eventually. Uh, But now they've... Had this challenge put at them, they'll, 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 there's always a way. You, these are your rules will play by them, but what's happening? And I know we touched on this last week as well. You can't really change the rules midweek, eh, sorry mid-season. You can't then just say, Ah, Newcastle might do this, so we're going to change the rules. Look what's happened to these teams now There's backfire on all of them. They keep quickly to sign up because Newcastle may do this, and then all of a sudden, Ah, Newcastle didn't. Now we want to do it, but we can't because we voted against it. So we'll see what happens, in the, especially
0: in the vote next week. Yeah, this week. Be, yeah, this week. It is going to be this week. Uh, okay, halfway through the show, time for the ad. A big thanks to all our sponsors. Skips and Bins, telephone 0800 25 45 3, email inquiries at skipsandbins.com, website skipsandbins.com. Easy contract free and pay-as-you-go waste collection. A big thanks to Mr. Vicky Sources. They are handmade in Cumbria. If you want to order some of these sources, call 01768 210102 or go to the website, MrVicky's.co.uk. Thanks again to United Group Travel. They are a UK coach holiday firm and they are based in Morpeth with pickups throughout the Northeast. No strangers on our tours, just people you haven't met yet. They're on Facebook. They've also got a website, UnitedGroupTravel.com, or give them a call. 01670 632 460 or 0791 4174 or 07957 141 654. Big thanks to Darren Baldwin Funerals. They're an independent funeral director based in Gateshead. You can find them at their website, uk or give them a call 0191 478 Or email Darren at DarrenBoldwinFunerals.co.uk Big thanks to Neil and the lads at Media Arts for all the help with the video side of things. And a big thank you to New Workwear. You can find them at NewWorkwear.com If you want to help the channel, then please subscribe. Hit the subscribe button underneath today's video. Hit the thumb up, which helps you like the video. And please click share and share it to your other social media. We're also available as a podcast on iTunes, Spotify and other podcast providers. If you want to help the channel, you could take out a one-off membership. You get a cup, a pen, a membership card and a scarf. It's a £25 one-off fee and you can go to anyufcmatters.com and click membership or put your smartphone over this QR code and it will take you straight there. We also help the food bank on this channel. If you want to help the food bank virtually from wherever you are in the world, click on nufcfansfoodbank.co.uk and it takes you to the matchday bucket and you can make a donation no matter how big or small. I'm also involved in the Northeast Footy Breakfast Show. You can find us on thetoonuk.com. I do Monday to Friday with Ted, the Sunderland fan and Rye, the Borough fan and Radio Dad Dave. Uh, lots of fun, 7 till 9, every morning. Give us a listen, you'll not regret it. We also help support people in the area who are putting events on. An evening with Nobby Solano takes place on the 19th of January at the Tyneside Irish Club. And an evening with Peter Beardsley takes place at the Tyneside Irish Centre the week before, on January the 12th. Tickets for both events are available on voucher and would make fantastic Christmas presents for anyone of a black-and-white persuasion. OK, let's take a back to football. Uh, evening, guys. Simple question. Would you take three points from the next three games? Chelsea, PSG and Manchester United considering our injury situation. Mitch?
2: No, because we've got to beat the Man United. And we've already shown that. Um, I'd take a draw on the other two.
0: OK, Stu. I think we'll
1: beat chelsea i think we'll sacrifice psg and i think we'll be United. which takes me on another thing all right go on go for it when i i see people saying that we need to concentrate on our league position to get back in the champions league so we're in the champions league what's the point in getting in it if you're not going to try your best in it and i think Eddie was off the same Mantra where you try your best in every game and see where you end up, and maybe that's why we've had as many injuries. All barring the League Cup games, he's played full strength and rightly so, uh, because we deserve it. And I also think that if we if we go if we the thing is the the aim is to get in the Champions League, so you've got you really should be trying your best to do it and stamp your authority on Europe. And I understand the the thought process behind, let's get, we've done it, people will beat PSG, that's the crowning moment. I don't want PSG to be the Barcelona from 1997. I want PSG to be part of this, this season's story and we qualify for the next round. And if we don't, we go on very far in the Europa League because we need Newcastle United to be renowned around Europe again as, as a big, big club because that's what we are and that's basically why we were bought to to be big and we've got an opportunity now. So, what happens if we do get knocked out in the Champions League, we finish bottom of the group and we don't finish in a European place next season, which is, again is, is just as plausible as qualifying and finishing in the top four stroke five. We, we then go backwards after so many games, weeks, months and season of going forward. So you've got to do your best, because I, I think people need to live their life with no what-ifs. You know, you need to think, right, I did my best. And if my best wasn't good enough, fair enough. But imagine when we play Chelsea away and we play a weak team and we get beat just with a last-minute goal. And had we went full strength, we could have went through. We, we, we could have had a trophy. So I, I think we should pay, play as strong as they can, as long as they can and i reckon in january there will be reinforcements whether it be loans whether it will be purchases or whatever We, we will get stronger and we'll continue to get stronger so i think there should be no weakness in in what we're doing between now and then
0: Okay, uh, I love this ad update People are giving us ad updates Um, Yeah, we got an email from YouTube to say that there was going to be less ads they have done their experiment over the month or whatever Some people haven't had ads tonight who did get ads Now people are saying they've got ads I, I, Honestly, I, we don't watch the show Obviously we do it, so I've got no ideas um As to what's going on I, It depends how you watch it Um, And I don't watch anything else on YouTube So I can't even give you advice as to what's going on With other channels, so uh, unfortunately there's nothing I can do All I know is that they're not going to be as severe As they have been over the last couple of weeks uh, Sam says Are these injuries lads going to put an end to our aspirations For silverware this season it's a Good no. question Midge.
2: No We've got to keep on the positive side of things um, People will be back soon um, You've got to remember we're, we're sort of In terms of league positioning points We're pretty much where we were yeah, we started really well last season, then went through this sort of mid-season wobble and picked up again. And uh, I, I actually think we've got room to get better and better this season. So as we get people back and as we make additions in January, I don't. I think all we're doing is strengthening. Um, it's frustrating. It's asking a lot of what players to, to go to the well every week and dig deep. That's certainly... Um, part of it but i don't think it's going to spoil any aspirations for um or change the mindset of eddie and where he wants what it wants would it be and the we we want to be match to match
0: Stu, do you think it's going to hamper us a bit
1: it should because we are where we want to be and the phrase i touched on before is be careful what you wish for when i mentioned evan we want to be playing champions league and I, th- I think sometimes uh, we're guilty of being brainwashed by the press who do have an agenda against Newcastle United. I don't think we played more games than Liverpool or Aston Villa or Brighton this season. But it seems to be Newcastle have played more games. And I'm not, I'm not having it. I, I think that we're, we're more than capable of getting through it. We've had a rotten run of injuries more than any other team. and But we're still surviving. We're, we're still there. Uh, and the next, I think, if if we ask again middle of November, <coughs> after the next uh, round of fixtures, where we're going to be, then the way the injuries are stacked up, and God forbid we don't get any more, God forbid we get more, but let's hope we don't. There's, the, the squad's only going to get stronger anyway with uh, people returning. So why can't we? Why can't we keep going? This is what we've wanted. This is what we wanted for not just one season. We've wanted this for the last couple of decades. And we want to be in a position where we're playing in the Champions League. No, Not many people expected us to be in it this season, but we are. So we should be giving it our all to do so. Uh, And I'm going to say something that if and when we beat Chelsea in the League Cup, I hope we get Liverpool in the semi-final. Because I'd rather play them over two legs and get knocked out in the semi final and go to Wembley again and get beat off them over 90 minutes um and if we do beat them in the semi finals then the cups ours, and that's something that every fan should want Newcastle against silverware i know financially it's not the the best position uh, it's not the most profitable one but for those who are Football fans, it means so much. That's what it is. We're not all accountants. We're here to support our team. And the whole idea of supporting the team is you win games. So that's why I was saying that we should be playing our best team to win every game that's possible. And that Ruben Nevis thing's quite could be another discussion as well. I'm sure we will talk about it. But regarding uh, playing our best, yes, we, we we put the best team out and we win as much as we can.
0: OK, let's talk about Ruben Neves. Mark Vickers is saying Ruben Neves discuss um, lots of talk around Neves. Um, you know, it's uh, a lot of people saying that's the reason that the Premier League are having this vote this week, to stop Newcastle bringing them in. Uh, but yeah, I mean, talks about a permanent deal now, is, is Neves the answer?
2: It, for me, would be a good addition to the squad. Um, if he's of the right mindset and he's able to be, get up to speed quickly enough, um, I don't say why not. Um, if we do, we'll do it as a permanent deal. I hope it's for a, a, a set of tracksuits, a bag of balls and 20 kilos of finest ribeye or something like that, just to piss everybody off because everybody will stamp their feet and gnash their teeth about it. So um, I'd actually quite like me to say a little bit of transfer shithousery just to get it sticking up a few people. Um, but yeah, I, I certainly wouldn't have a problem with bringing them in at all
0: okay Stu
1: I think if we wanted them that much we would have got them in the summer and and I know I've previously mentioned he's went to the Saudi Premier League you've got to understand if you go in a supermarket I won't mention brands in case we get done for favoritism but you don't go and ask the butcher a question about fish you ask the fishmonger so if you look at PIF the, the section that's looking after the Saudi pre, uh, Pro League why would the weaken in their league to make our league stronger you know it's 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 the, there's different departments within the within the company but if if he wants to go they've also and mitchell vouch for this in this region a lot of it is all about saving face so there's there's the rumors regarding jordan henderson not happy where he is uh, so if he was to leave and then neves was to leave that would reflect badly on the on the saudi pro league and then all the anti-Saudi brigade would come out and it would give them more to, to, to shout about. So, is Neves really the player we want? But when it first happened, I, I put a tweet out there. Could, they, could the Neves, Neves ruling be the new Bosman ruling? And that's a lot of weight to put on a, a young lad's shoulders. He's, what, 26? It's a lot of weight to put on his shoulders. What we discussed last week, Steve, was, let's say we did get him in January, Realistically, he wouldn't be starting for us until about March anyway. By the time he got up to speed with fitness and with tactics and everything else. So then we've got him for two months. Is it really worth all that hassle? But if Eddie Howe thinks it is, and Jason Tindall and the rest of the coach and staff think it is, then I'm sure they could make it happen. So (laughs) Neves is just the... He's the at the moment he's the focal point of anyone in that Saudi league, and I think that's what's the fear behind the other clubs. It's not Cardiff Newcastle saying Nevers. It's could they go and get Benzema? Could they go and get anyone else that's played in that league? Uh, Is a short short uh, was it stopgap, and and just say right, we can take the pick of them, and that's what that's what they're scared of. It's not they're not scared of signing Ruben Nevers. It's what else we could do with it. But the rules are there. You can have two or three lone players per season uh, from outside your league. So, but the Saudis don't want to in their league. Their ambition is to strengthen their league and make it comfortably one of the top ten leagues in in the next five or six years. And by buying players at inflated prices and then sell and then giving them away for next to nothing, isn't going to do them any favors. So. It depends which way you're looking at it. You, you've got the, the most staunches in Newcastle fans saying, right, so 19 clubs can rent uh, can loan players from Saudi, but Newcastle can't. But also a lot of those clubs have benefited in the summer from Saudi money. Chelsea and Liverpool being two, and Manchester United, three of them, and Manchester City. There's four straight away of the, the big six that financially benefited hugely from the influx of money from the Saudi Pro League. And yet we undersold ASM for 20 million. So we, again, have played it by the book where there could be no fingers pointed at us. So when does it stop? And it'll stop to the point where, or I'll tell you when it will stop, when our chairman thinks, right, I've done everything you've asked me to do and I've played within your rules so much that it's hurt me now. Now you're taking the piss. Now I'm going to come at you all guns blazing. And and I don't think Ruben Nevers is the catalyst of this. I think it'll be something else that'll happen beyond that. And if clubs aren't careful, the, I, I think the, the Saudi pro-league will say, OK, you if you change this rule this week where we can't get Nevers, if that's the one that we're after, because it's all paper talk at the moment. And you have to understand that people are fed to, to spread uh, bad rumours about Newcastle. So let, let's just say it is Neves. It could be Jordan Evanson that we saying. You know, could he could he be a good loan sign until the end of the season and then send him back there and Tonali gets fit again? So there's, there's so many things you can talk about. But imagine the Celtics say, OK, that's how you voted. We won't buy another player from the big six. Because what they've done for Manchester United, Liverpool, Man City, is help them through the financial fair play rules by paying for, for the Mahrezes, uh the... All of the players that they signed in the summer at bigger prices. We'll stop that now, and then we'll just keep buying players from Newcastle because there's no rule against who you can sign, and who you can't sign. You can't if they say you can't loan players, you can't say you can't sign them. So Newcastle can then just start. They'll they'll play the game and they'll play by the rules until it gets to the point they'll they'll blow them up, they'll blow them out the water, and then that gets it back to the Everton, Chelsea, Manchester City scenario. That'll be the end of the Premier League where we know it. But the thing that we've done, thankfully, is got ourselves in the Champions League this season. We're now seen as a big team. And if we're not a big team, why are we talked about on TalkSport every single day of the week?
0: Sam says, uh, playing ever alongside Madison. Oh, we didn't get Madison, did we? Uh, Tom Dixon, good evening. He says, if we did get a striker in, Mitch, uh, who would you like to have in? Um, I mean, we've been linked with Katiki again. I think with that ship sailed for that poor lad. Um, You've you know, read that wrong,
1: Steve. He said, if you yep. did get a
0: strike would you like Mitch and Stew? Do you want me? Well, and that's, Mitch? Yeah,
1: true. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> hey. We hit the bar hey. too often, though. That's the problem. Man. That's the problem, I
0: Hey. <laughs> Go on, um, then. Uh, I mean, you know, strikers are notoriously difficult to bring in in the summer, but um, the January transfer window, it, it, it's equally difficult, if not more so.
2: I would reckon so. Um, and I, and it, it, <clears throat> I can't name a name. Off the top of my head, no, it's difficult because you sort of go into the, the, the fanciful. Really, you, you know, yeah, okay, awesome and would be fantastic, but that's that's not going to happen in January. I can't see that happening in January. Summer, yeah, maybe, but it, in a January window would be exceptional to make a buy like that. Um, it'd be just trust to the process as ever. Um, I'm sure they've got an aim in mind. I know this, the, the type of striker I would, would like. Basically, a, a, a younger striker who has a offers something different to what Wilson and what Isaac do. Um, that would be the profile that I would look for. Um, and then beyond that, I mean, I, I do like, the, 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 like uh, Gibbs White at 1st I've got to say. And uh, was it Gibbs White? Gibbs, the double barrel kid who played for the under under to, under twenty ones with with Gordon in the summer, and they linked up well in the summer as well. They look good together. So you know somebody like that would be interesting, and would fit probably the the, the kind of profile that Eddie would want, because I think he'd want someone he can develop and grow and improve. So yeah, um, that that would be my thoughts on it and take it from there
0: not Ivan Tony um and, and I see all the jokes coming in but not Ivan Tony for me definitely not um Stu
1: what's the odds on signing Tony hey
0: <laughs> uh,
1: you know um, I think we have already a striker in Isaac that is one of the best in the league one of the best in Europe potentially one of the best in the world and unfortunately he's injured at the moment but By all accounts, he'll be back for the next game and let's hope he has a a, a long extended run because I was uh, speaking to an Arsenal fan who said to me this week that he, uh, Isaac reminds him of Karnou. You know, the things he can do with the ball. Yeah, I very like him. Isaac can finish better. And if you look at how the Premier League and Sky Sports, all the adulation Karnou gets now, We've got a player there who's nowhere near his peak yet, and to me, if we're buying a forward, we need someone who's going to be an understudy. Him, but that, and I say understudy simply because of the formation we play. So we can't play a 4-4-2 because Eddie Howe's not going to play a 4-4-2 because it weakens the mid, it, it weakens the the defence, it weakens the sorry, weakens the attack, which then sorry, yeah, that's right, it weakens the attack. By only having two up front, and if you're playing two wingers, then that weakens the midfield, which weakens the defence. So, he's nailed his uh, masts with 4-3-3. So, for me, Isaac has to be the leader. And what's, in my opinion, Eddie Howe, the call he's going to have to make is as good as Callum Wilson's being, he, he does have
2: as, how do you say it, Mitch? Ligaments of licorice? I have marshmallow muscles. The
1: marshmallow muscle. So that was easy for you to see, by the way. He does have, that's how he is. And I want him to be more like, more ruthless, like how Keegan was with the David Kellys, with the Peacocks, and say, Callum, thank you so much for everything you've done. You'll always be a hero. You'll always be welcome back. But we're going to get a younger, hungrier striker that can compete and often replace Isaac. Isaac is our star, man. We're signing him for 63 million. He's worth 100 million now. You know, we can wax lyrical about when he's playing and all of a sudden when he's not playing, oh, he's injury-prone, this, that and the other. He had an injury at the start and he's, he's been unlucky with this time. But that doesn't mean he's going to get injured every, every season. He is the player that we need to... He needs to be the focal point of our attack. We need to buy players to compliment him. And I think in Anthony Gordon, we have one. And I think that's where we're. What we need is someone else on the other side, whether Gordon plays right or left, to, to get the best out of Isaac, and he can lead us to. He can lead us to the promised land because that's where we want to be. So if we're getting a player, uh, I mentioned it a few months ago, and I know I got a bit of abuse for it because you don't go back. But Ekitiki was someone that we wanted last season, and and I don't blame him for choosing PSG over Newcastle. That's a young French lad yes he's got an idiot for a agent but at the same time he's got a lot to prove now he's got a career and he's resurrecting and sometimes you know the second chance may just be what what he's looking for and might suit us so it could be worth tapping him up on loan for the next six months and say right we'll prove it with an option to buy That, that that's where I would go because if not you start scraping the barrel a bit and and you end up signing players on longer-term contracts on big salaries. And that's not what we need for the, as financial fair play stands at the moment. So, to me, Wilson, uh, Wilson, if he can play, if he can be fit, he has to be number two to Isaac. We need to start telling Isaac, you're number one. you can start performing like number one because he's a confidence guy. And not like, we'll bring you on for 30 minutes this game, you can start the next one. We're not taking chances. Be too nice. We need to be a bit more ruthless. You are my number one. And if Wilson is fit, or well, when he comes back fit and he gets a bit knocked by it and comes on and scores a goal every 30 minutes, then we're all winners.
0: I think Newcastle are putting a few red herons out there, I think Neves is definitely one of them Brandt's another one which is uh, we've been heavily linked with, Tom Dixon mentions but uh, that's that's a sign of a good uh, a good backroom staff and, and people who are in charge of your transfers doing the job properly, you know what I mean, I think it's, uh, I think it's great. Gary, uh, good evening says, with a small minority of our fans wanting us to spend, 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 our owners seem to follow the correct path in relation to financial fair play, do we think we'll spend money in January or do you think it'll just be loans? I think it'll be a weird transfer window Mitch. I think it'll be the strangest one especially because of this um, situation with Everton, uh, potentially Chelsea and then potentially Manchester City. There's going to be a lot more column inches dedicated to this over the over the space of the next few months and I think there will be a lot of you know skepticism, and, and I think maybe it'll be a nervy start of the transfer window. I think with Newcastle, of course, I think they will uh, they will just do what they'll do what's right for the club. I, I don't think there'll be any major major cock-ups as far as Newcastle are concerned because, as we all know, they are under constant scrutiny from the Premier League, and there'll be nothing. People at the Premier League would love nothing more than to be able to come down on Newcastle United um, like a ton of bricks.
2: I think, as ever, as we've proved. We'll have a general plan with Windows, but we are also flexible and uh, intend to be opportunistic. So if the right deal comes along at the right time, at the right price, like Isaac did, it'll be done. It's as simple as that. Um, Yes, loans with the option to buy, nudge the FFP down the season, and that might be a way to do it. But you're right. In essence, they're going to do what feels right for the club and what we can do within the constraints of FFP. Um, yes, I know it feels like we're the only team playing by the rules. But if the judgment on Everton sends any message, is that they do seem to be taking FFP to a degree seriously. Um, you know, people saying, no, that seems a harsh punishment for Everton. Well, that's the point of having rules, guidelines and punishments. Um, and and how they handle this going forward could either be the making or the breaking of FFP. And while we seem to be under a much higher power microscope than everybody else, we have to act accordingly. Whether we like it or not, that's what we have to suck up. And the club will do, like you say, what's right for the club. And if that's a, to bring a, Um, cash forward from another window so be it or if it's to do loans with options to buy whichever way works best and if the deal's there to be done and they think it's the right deal they'll do it
0: Okay, um, we're going to dedicate the last three and a half minutes of the program to Scotland, Stew, uh, because it's a big game for Scotland tonight, and uh, because it's the next one. What's what's your take on this? You've already made a prediction, three-one, but let, looking ahead, I mean, this is it's a great opportunity for Scotland next next year in the Euros. Do you, do you think they can make a make the mark? This team because this isn't the Scotland of old.
1: Now, well, I didn't predict three-one. I was promised three-one, um, so there's a difference the Spanish just sent us the team, so I'm looking through it now. And I don't even know who the forward is, Jacob Brown, I don't even know who he is that's playing for Scotland. That's, that's That's the thing. And I've watched with interest. We've already mentioned several times about Elliot Anderson, who I think is most likely to play for Scotland, but this week there's been three more, or Newcastle players league with Scotland, and this is what I don't like. Uh, Anthony Gordon, I'd love him to play for Scotland, but I don't think he should. Tino Liveramento, with a name like that, he should only be playing for Italy, never mind England. Um, Harvey Bonds, I would love all of them. I'd love them all to play for Scotland, but you have to start playing by the rules eventually. You can bend the rules and then people say, look, at Scotland taking these players. But English cricket have made uh, decade after decade of players who were born in England or born in South Africa or the West Indies or Zimbabwe, whatever. And the rules are there. So as I said about PF, you play by the rules and you get the best out of it. But uh, Scotland, will they win the Euros next year? No. Are we delighted to actually just qualify? Absolutely. And what would be seen as a massive 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 result for scotland was to actually get through to the next round because we've never done it in our history so uh, there you go thanks buddy players for luton there uh, jacob brown there we go uh, they should have played shanglin because that, that was the joke i had with jc because you know the scottish team supports hearts he came on as sub the other night and scored the equalizer and i said that's what happens when you play hearts players and he listened to us that much he's on the bench again today so, the Scotland qualifying to the next round of the Euros would be, well, it's history. So, that's that's our bar. That's our benchmark. What I wanted to do was it with as many Scottish players as possible. And before people start saying Anthony Gordon's not Scottish, I've already said it. But Jack Grealish is Irish. Declan Race is Irish. And I can go on and on and on for all the England players that have been that represent England. John Bonds was Jamaican. Uh, so the, this, there's so many players you could mention, but this is how the rules are. But to uh, answer your question, Steve, I'm delighted they've qualified. It's not a really a big game tonight, but it would have been nice if Holland had been playing just so we could have beat Norway again, because he played when we beat them in Norway. But uh, he's not playing, today, so that gives us an opportunity to get the 3-1 win. Yes, uh, finished his second seeds as well for the World Cup qualifiers. That's the biggest thing. If the win tonight, Scotland will be seeded second, going to the next qualifiers for the World Cup, which gives us a better chance of qualifying for that because it's been since 1998. It was the last time we got to a World Cup uh, final. So that's that's what I'm hoping for tonight, the win for that reason.
0: And the big question from Tom Dixon to finish the show. Have you got a kill, Stu?
1: I have, but I'm quite certain it doesn't fit us anymore.
0: There you go. <laughs> great stuff, as always. I'm back tomorrow night uh, with the Fans Forum at 6 o'clock and uh, just a little advance warning. Tuesday night will be me and Melly uh, going to get together. Uh, Melly's going to start his own podcast as well, which is great. Uh, he'll be talking Man U, but we'll get him on for the Premier League show as we'll be looking ahead to uh, the next game. Uh, Wednesday night to pre-record, which I've just done with Ben Jacobs, which is great. Um, it's It's one of those shows where I ask the question and don't get a chance to see anything else. Thursday will be Super Mac and then Friday will be it, the Amigo. So a packed week as always. Uh, but just want to thank Stu and Mitch for their time and thank everybody in the chat, including the moderators, Julie et al, for their work tonight. Take care, lads. See you soon. Cheers, See you